Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the GM Screen. I'm Richard from Grey Wizard Gaming. Sequoia Draven. So, I have to ask you for a one or two syllable nickname <laughs> <laughs> that I can call you because I was like, no. You can say Sakura. Okay, Sakura. All right. So, in this episode, we are talking about what makes the old world of darkness made by White Wolf um, so special. Oh, let me count the ways. Well, I, I think we are. <laughs> um, besides the fact that it was my introduction into role-play games, I love that it's a rules-light game and yep. it's adaptable it's extremely adaptable on the fly i love that it doesn't stronghold characters into very specific skill sets what you're good at what you're not good at and if you're not good at it don't even attempt it with the d10 dice pool system i always tell my characters whatever you want to try to do tell me we'll make a roll for it so i uh i definitely think that the white wolf system taught me what was possible mm -hmm. with a role-playing game and definitely uh, i am i hope that we get a lot of people commenting that there were other role-playing games yes that were i want to hear about them before yes absolutely but for me white wolf was the first rules light game yes um i think i think dungeons and dragons was uh, sim like pretty similarly, like it's very rules. Like there's not very much rules to mm -hmm. to not advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm saying like original first edition right. 1970 Dungeons and Dragons. But most people at this point probably got into D and D when it was a huge like just endless stacks of books. Yes. And White Wolf also had endless stacks of books. Most of them are on my shelf still. I'm but a proud owner of some very go. original books. And but there was a difference, right? Those books were doing world building yes and i think when um when tsr wizards of the coast when they have a mindset of we need to sell books or we have to fire our employees mm -hmm. and not everybody likes forgotten realms and not everybody likes ravenloft and not everybody likes dark sun and not everybody likes blah whatever so they can't sell enough of any one of those to to keep their employees. So instead, what do they end up releasing? More and more rules, like mm -hmm. endless rules. And I'll admit, as a, as a teenager, I enjoyed the rules of White Wolf. I enjoyed reading about Optenebration yes. with Elisombra. And, and I just loved reading those things. However, the majority of those books are setting in the world. Yes. I, uh, now you mentioned the freedom of, of the golden rule. Yes. The golden rule that the books are just a guideline. I think, um, I think the way that wife, uh, white wolf, um, created this concept of, um, different perceptions mm -hmm. where they would tell the same story in multiple books and each one would contradict each other. Yes. And instead of them being wrong, it was more subjectual uh, reality where from this clan's perception, this they were is, the first clan. Yeah, they were the first. Yes. 
Yes. And this is how vampires came to be. They knew the history of Cain. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think that, that that concept is difficult, but it's but it's real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, I think definitely because of the internet, we're more aware of how other cultures around the world do not agree mm-hmm. with what American school children are taught. Right. But we don't agree with what Japanese school children are taught mm-hmm. or German school children are taught or anybody. And nobody agrees. Yeah. L- literally nobody. So we're living in a real world of darkness, unfortunately, like literally <laughs> a real world of darkness. Right now, yeah. <laughs> which is not what like games like Dungeons and Dragons or Shadowrun mm-hmm. um, Which through. is strictly a fantasy-based. Yeah. And those, those are true... Um, the true fantasies, the mm-hmm. idea that there's one set of facts and one yes. set of, this is what's right. And if you don't have this memorized, you're wrong. But that's not White Wolf. No. Everybody's wrong. Yep. And it's it's how you interpret it and how you use it in your game yeah. to gain the most fun. So one of the things that stood out to me when we first talked and we're, we're super close friends who've known each other for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you put that. That's super true. <laughs> so one of the things that stood out to me was when I first started playing White Wolf, I had immediately a void of archetypes. Mm-hmm. There was no rules to, to run the kind of characters that... The rogue, the bard. Yeah, some okay. of the players wanted to play. Right. And very quickly, I, I would just spend the night writing out alternative disciplines. Mm. Like, for me, it was all vampire. I didn't, at that point, um, in my small town in New Mexico, I don't I don't think we had werewolf. Mm. So I wasn't aware of the other ways that white wolf, um, this white wolf storyteller system could be used. So right. to me, everything is was just disciplines. Even if, even at, like when I made a, a game system for rogues and assassins and wizards and mm-hmm. fighters, to me, everything was disciplines because the vampire system, it was the only system <laughs> I knew at that point. Um, eventually, I, I owned all the systems, Wraith, Mummy, everything. So I saw there's so many different ways the storyteller system could be used to build alternative character yes. systems. But uh, I, within about three or four months, I had a whole, like, kind of vaguely Forgotten Realms-esque game system mm-hmm. because my girlfriend at the time wanted to play fantasy. It was a little strange to me. Like, now, it would be, it seems like it would be the opposite. But at the time, she was like, oh, I don't really, like, want to do vampire stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I want to play, um, like, swords and sorcery kind of stuff okay yeah and so i had built a whole system making up the disciplines that would match these Mm -hmm. classes and making sure to give a lot more disciplines than what they played with so that as they advanced it wasn't me making up new levels of disciplines or more new disciplines on the fly but kind of predicting where they might want to go mm-hmm. or what other characters might use. Right. So when they're like, well, why does my rogue not able to do that? 
because you didn't choose that discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, it created a great framework in which to build from the the framework of white wolf system is how i built the pirate system and it created the bones that i needed to then create myself without getting too number crunchy what i think really works well about the white wolf system is you can do it in bite-sized pizza uh, pieces Mm -hmm. yes right like you need a whole book to describe introducing psychics Mm -hmm. to D D, but in vampire you could literally say, well, or a storyteller, you could say, okay, everyone, so everybody's a human, so you just don't have disciplines. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's all the rules yeah. right there. You're yeah. just humans. Great. And you could run a whole bunch of games, investigative games, really any kind of games just like that. But then if you wanted to like introduce like clairvoyance, mm-hmm. it's a very easy discipline. Yep. You just come up with it and you, you know, that's it done. Yeah. Um, but you don't need a whole, you don't need a ton of work. No. You can no. do it. The framework is there. And yeah. again, the benefits of a D, uh, D10 dice pool system, the framework is there. It's very easy. You're going to have an attribute and an ability and you're going to roll it. And then your powers modify things. Yeah. Allow you to do things. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, now you, your, your binder is, um, <laughs> What world is it in? So my pirate game is a alternate history line okay. that starts um, that starts in not fully in the golden age of piracy, but it actually starts at the end of the privateering age and going into the golden age of piracy. That's where my general timeline starts, and it's I always say it's an alternate history so I remind my players of that so that when my maps are off because like I just decided in the Caribbean Havana is going to be here Mm -hmm. and they're like that's not where Havana is well that's where it is in this alternative history um but with my pirate game it was it's based off of that Mm -hmm. is the bones so then people understand pirates they they think about their pirate movies their history and then I introduce well, now there's vampires and there's were creatures and there's everything in my game except for aliens. But everything that White Wolf created is in my game in one blended chaos pot. So, in what year? What year is this alternate history? I don't have the exact year. No, no, no r- roughly <laughs> eighteen hundred. Yeah, what? it's the eighteen hundreds. Eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so at that point, um, are you using more of the Renaissance rules? Oh, the dark, uh, uh, dark ages rules have been very beneficial to me. Yeah. Um, particularly because weapons are your basic with your weapons. You've got a sword, a dagger, um, and then crossbows. And then it introduced a few pistols and elements. Yeah. And I took a lot of weapons and powers from the dark ages books. Um, because it just made a little bit more sense in in the modernish game, but I try to tell the players like weapons are not your main thing, but it can be. Most of the time, it's gonna be a sword because of ammo. Yeah. So are the majority of the players humans or no? Uh, I usually end up if I've got a brand new party and they're gonna start my campaign, they're gonna start with the first mission. Um, I usually end up with a mix. So I usually end up with at least two vampires. And then 
other characters. Mummies are very popular, and then where creatures, of course, are very popular with people who like to play the tank, the brute, you know. So they'll pick a where creature. Uh, so I usually end up with a party of mix. Nobody has taken me up on being immortal and role playing into your, um, role playing into your supernatural. Yeah. Like I always say, you can play immortal, and nobody has taken me up on that. So, um, I distinctly remember the the mummy source book. I love and mommy. I love the introduction uh, in, introduction into like Ka and Ba and like the different concepts of the um, the mummy powers the well the Egyptian religion yes that um, that the that the game is based off of I have never in my life had a single player ever say they wanted to play a mummy ever I yeah I've gotten um, in my game I did get one player to play a mummy and in previous game I had two players playing mummies. Uh, because mummies, the one thing I don't really play is mage. Mages, Mm -hmm. they undo everything, but mummies are those magic characters. And that's where I, like people, people love the Egyptian mythology. Um, and then you've got spells and rituals and powers. And then mummy is another one that's very easy to create from. I've created all kinds of fun things. Well, the players create things. I just create the system for it and put it in the mummy book. So, okay. So I, I see. So, so I think the dialogue there is somebody says, I want to play a character like this. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, how do I dissuade them from, from looking at mage? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's the only thing I've never been able to implement, um, in any kind of seamless manner into my game. Now I have rarely, because I have a rule that if I can, if I role play it, if I NPC it, then the players can play it. So I very rarely will introduce a mage character. Uh, but yeah, mages are a little wonky, but if a player is like, I want to play a magic user. Okay. Well, vampires in their, their essence have magic, but for a more traditional sense, let me show you what mummy can do. Okay. So that's, uh, that's what I think was so good about the classic world of darkness was they they had these things and for the most part except for mage the ascension Mm -hmm. which i mean i i have ran mage with other things and i think that um if the storyteller has a really solid grasp on the mage system and runs a couple campaigns in that yeah then you have the tools to keep them in control because they um and there's also some like erratas and things to make it more difficult for the mages to give vampires and werewolves a bad time especially depending mm-hmm. on their generation so it's i don't think it's it's not impossible right but definitely there's different power levels mm-hmm. depending on what you allow them to do and I think you need to keep them uh, away from the higher levels. And you just have to say, just the same way that, uh, what about, oh, you know what? What about True, Bru- uh, true Bruja? Mm. Do you allow people to be True Bruja? Uh, yeah. but with, with the time-controlled discipline? Yes, I will allow it. But only with an experienced player that I know yeah. isn't going to railroad my game. Yeah. Like, like, it's another thing with Malkavians. Um so when when characters are being introduced, I introduce the. I always tell them you got to start with the basic thirteen clans. Yep. These are your choices, and I dissuade as much as I can a Malkavian, because I find that Malkavians, 
a new player will make a Malca an experienced player can make a great Malkavian concept and it'll still be a game stopper. Yeah. So I try to dissuade from Malkavians. But if a player has this like concept of having a derangement, okay, I can give you a derangement. Yeah, anybody can have a derangement. I can give you a derangement, but I don't want you to play Malkavian because I have a feeling that that will just, yeah, that runs into problems real quick. I feel like the Malkavians are kind of like the kinder. Like just, um, like there's no reason why somebody choosing to, and Kinder's from Dragonlance campaign. Okay. And they are, um, you saw the vacant look in my yeah. eye. <laughs> so effectively, Kinder are hobbits. Okay. That in the Dragonlance world, instead of, um, instead of just, I guess they're like hobbits with a compunctual need or a compulsive need to steal. Okay. Yeah. So that can get into problems and real quick. They act innocent and like they just don't understand the the concept of ownership. Okay. And it's that can be game stopping. Yeah. Yeah, it can funny, just funny. It can it can be funny. But game stopping. And it was comedy relief in the books that mm -hmm. it's based off of. But I just I don't want people to play that that race and i don't want people to play malkavians because typically when you read any of the white wolf novels it's interesting yes and um additive to the story and players tend to um definitely inexperienced players tend to be two-dimensional yes and pretty soon all they are is their derangement yes exactly put yeah exactly put yes yeah um, but it's, it's all there. The, the, everything is there so that you can pick and choose mm -hmm. and it made sense. And for me, the literally the world of darkness itself, the framework of reality that they built on, here's the vampires and here's the werewolves and here's the, here's the wraiths and here's the changelings. Yes. And you could see how, when, as you read all of them, you could see how everything was like different um different perceptions of the same world mm -hmm. with the same like traumatic events that spawned yes. the existence of everything and i feel like they lost that mm -hmm. in whatever the new world of darkness is i think yes. literally the new world of darkness so um yeah that's that's what i feel like is is just it doesn't matter, even though obviously every all the books were written in modern times. Yes. Um, it wasn't difficult for me to create adaptations yeah. for a pirate game. And over the years, I've added to it. I didn't have very concrete ship battles, but I've created a framework. Um, I've looked at old ships and created framework for it using their system. So I was able to create that relatively easily. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I, I feel like um, there's so many questions and, and topics of that I think that we've got to have a couple episodes at least about <laughs> uh, building other worlds out of yes out of the world of darkness. I agree with that. Like, there's yeah. some good uh, questions and GM exercises that I have that could definitely be a topic. So with that i think this is probably a good point to wrap up the mm -hmm. episode i agree all right then uh everyone please comment on this episode or any other episode on behind the gmscreen.com and bye bye